0: Welcome to Worldview, a foreign affairs podcast from the Irish Times, I'm Chris Dooley. Voters in Israel went to the polls this week in a bid to free the country of the political stalemate that has seen it hold four elections in two years. But after another cliffhanger result, the deadlock continues, and it may be weeks before it becomes clear if Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu will be able to form another government. Exit polls after Tuesday's vote indicated it might be possible for Netanyahu, or Bibi as he is known to some, to form a wafer-thin majority, if he could persuade the right-wing Yamina party to come on board. But that was before the anti-Zionist Arab party Ra'am surprised pundits by crossing the threshold needed to win a place in the Knesset, the Israeli parliament. Ra'am's projected five seats means the support of Yamina will no longer be enough to keep Netanyahu in power. He will need the support of both – an unlikely prospect given that Raham and Yamina would seem very unlikely to countenance going into government with each other. For more on this, I'm joined by Mark Weiss, our correspondent in Jerusalem. Mark, are all the votes counted yet or are we still awaiting a final result?
1: We're still waiting for the final results. Uh, We're expected to receive them on Friday. The final count now is taking place. All the regular votes have been counted. What we're counting today, Thursday, is what we call the double envelope blokes. That means the soldiers, diplomats who voted abroad, prisoners, and particularly this year, a lot of people from old age people's homes and people who were uh, suffering from coronavirus. So the actual double votes this year is a lot, a lot more than usual, around about 400,000. When that votes, when that vote counts finished, we'll know the final results tomorrow.
0: And are there enough votes still in play to change that picture I outlined at the beginning? Or is the stalemate inevitable?
1: We've had one slight change uh, during the count today, and that is uh, that the left-wing Merits Party has increased by one vote, and the Ram Party, which you mentioned, has decreased by one vote. But let let me make it clear to your listeners, when we analyse and look at the Israeli votes at this election, we're not looking specifically at the individual parties. That's not the important thing. In contrast to most countries, what we're looking at here is the blocks. It's all about the blocks. We're talking about the block of parties that will almost definitely nominate Netanyahu to be the next prime minister, and the alternate block, the block, the anything but Bibi block, it's called, or the change block. Uh, that's what's important. Um, as we stand at the moment, the pro-Netanyahu block has. Um, 53 seats, and the anti-Netanyahu block has 56 seats. Now, both these numbers fall short of the magic number of 61, which is the minimum required for a majority in the 120-seat Knesset. So um, there are two parties um, who haven't committed to either block. They are, as you mentioned, the right-wing Yamina. They have seven seats. Uh, projected seven seats, and Ram, which is this morning, as of this morning, fallen to four seats. And what they decide will decide um, who will be the next prime minister, if indeed we get to that uh, stage. If not, we are faced with the uh, nightmare prospect, as far as most
0: Israelis are concerned, of a fifth election. It's still the case, is it, that Netanyahu, if he is to retain power, will need the support of both of those parties that you mentioned? Um, potentially, according to the maths, yes, um,
1: that's, that would be the best path to uh, forming a majority. In fact, the only path to forming a majority. What we may have as a way to break the deadlock is something that uh, falls short of a regular coalition government. The opposition bloc, the bloc that wants to replace Netanyahu, is now talking about um, some kind of alternative proposal because they realise that those parties... Remember that the anti-Netanyahu bloc is made up of totally different ideological parties from the right, from the left, from the centre, and the Arab parties. It's very difficult to see those parties forming together in a coalition. So what they're talking about now is maybe the possibility of a short-term emergency government that would last probably a year, maybe a year and a half, that would, um, first of all, it would stop Netanyahu. It would end the Netanyahu era, and all those uh, parties are united uh, 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 over the fact that they want to replace Netanyahu. Uh, It would pass a budget. Remember, Israel has, um, the political deadlock has led to this country not having passed a budget in two years uh, in the midst of the worst economic crisis in the country's history. So it would be an emergency government. It would um, pass a budget. It would get Netanyahu out and it would um, pass emergency economic legislation uh, um, to get out of the corona crisis. Uh, And after that, after a year or maybe a year and a half of hopeful relative stability, then um, the country would move to proper elections in another year or so.
0: So what happens then, Mark, after the votes are counted? Will it fall automatically to Netanyahu to try to form a government or might that up Responsibility be given to the opposition leader Yair Lapid. Well, this is how it works. The president
1: um, has now um, one and a half weeks, uh, and to consult with um, the heads of each party that was elected to the Knesset. On the basis of those discussions, he will choose one of the party leaders, uh, and he will task them with forming um, the next government. It usually is, uh, of course, naturally, the candidate that receives the most recommendations, although not necessarily. The president's mandate is to task forming the government with the politician he believes has the best chance of forming a government. So it might
0: not necessarily be with the person who gets most recommendations. Tell us something about Lapid, the opposition leader, because I think it's fair to say he's not a household name outside Israel. Where does he stand on the political spectrum and what kind of an election did he have?
1: Well, the head of the outgoing opposition is someone called Yair Lapid, head of the um, centrist Yesh Atid party. But what's interesting in the present scenario is that he not necessarily will be the candidate from the anti-Netanyahu camp uh, that may form the government What we're talking about now is potentially choosing uh, any of the leader, any of the politicians in the anti-Netanyahu camp, that will have the best chance of forming a government. Um, Two members of the uh, opposition from the right-wing parties have said they will not serve in a government under Yair Lapid, because they consider him to be too left-wing. Now, remember that Yair Lapid, like the rest of them in the opposition, is very determined to get rid of Netanyahu. It's possible that he may relinquish his uh, chance of being prime minister if all the parties in the opposition groups can agree on another candidate. Uh, Some pundits this morning were talking about the possibility that um, Benny Gantz, from the Blue and White Party, maybe a more suitable candidate as an alternative prime minister to Netanyahu, because he could uh, garner the support of more of the opposition parties. So that's also something that will um, be talked about, laid on the table, as the coalition negotiations begin uh, after the final vote is in tomorrow. It's possible that uh, a, a politician from one of the smaller parties, maybe one of the right-wing parties, or Benny Gantz from the centrist party, will be the best um, candidate to unite all the opposition and maybe a
0: form a government around that. So as it stands, Mark, which of these two blocks then the pro-Netanyahu bloc or the anybody but BB camp, as, as you put it, which of them has the more viable path to power? It's very difficult to see how this will play out.
1: Um, there is a very strong uh, desire amongst almost everyone to avoid a fifth election, as you can imagine. Uh, in fact, you don't even hear the phrase fifth election anymore. It's always fifth election, God forbid. Um, So that's one factor that plays into it. And that means that politicians uh, will make compromises ideologically and uh, egos may be put aside, uh, which isn't, isn't the usual practice, in order to avoid a fifth election. And it may mean this morning, for instance, we heard from the leader of the left wing merits party that they would be prepared to sit um, with an, in an alterna- alternative government led by the leader of the right-wing uh, Yamina party, um, Naftali Bennett. Now, remember that Meretz and Yamina are ideologically uh, totally opposed to each other on every single issue. But the desire, A, to get rid of Netanyahu, and B, to avoid a dreaded fifth election may make um, uh, these very strange compromises
0: possible. Tell us something, Mark, about this Arab party, Raham, which may just have four seats, but could yet end up being a kingmaker. They are basically the
1: uh, Israeli representative of the um, Islamic Brotherhood movement. Remember, that was the party that was in power in Egypt. Um, In the Palestinian territories, uh, their representatives are Hamas. So they're very uh, extreme. They are the extreme branch of the Islamic movement, very conservative, conservative, and not a party uh, that you would possibly imagine um, any mainstream Zionist party could sit with in a government. And it's gonna be very difficult for Benjamin Netanyahu to uh, sell to his electorate um, a compromise that would involve, certainly would involve Ram sitting in his government, but even even, um, accepting support of Ram from outside the government, for instance, they could uh, agree Uh, not to vote uh, with the opposition to bring down the government. But this would be a very hard sell for Netanyahu. These are people who are close to Hamas. Uh, Their Knesset members will visit Palestinian prisoners, uh, security prisoners who have been involved in uh, horrific terrorist attacks against Israeli civilians. Not ideal um, uh, coalition
0: partners. And Netanyahu knows this. And what about the more moderate Arab parties, as they would be perceived, Where do they stand in all of this?
1: They are uh, more left-wing, for instance, um, and more liberal. They would vote on issues uh, such as gay rights very differently from the members of RAM. Um, So in that sense, uh, RAM is closer, if you like, to some of the extreme right-wing Israeli parties who also have... uh, uh, conservative views on gay rights, feminism, etc., etc. So the Arab parties and the Arab politicians in the Israeli parliament are very different. They're not one homogeneous group. Um, it's um, it's quite possible that the other Arab party, the Joint List, could vote um, in favour of an alternative to Netanyahu or even. Um, be uh, participate in an alternative uh, coalition to Netanyahu. And the very fact that Netanyahu wants now to uh, engage with the uh, Islamic extremist Ram group makes it easier for the Israeli centrist and left-wing parties to engage with the other Arab party, the Joint List. If Netanyahu can talk to the Arab parties, why can't they?
0: Now, the campaign mark took place against the backdrop of the very successful vaccine uh, rollout in Israel that we've all been reading about. Was that a factor in the campaign? I mean, did that not um, help Netanyahu? It surely must have done at some level.
1: It was not only a factor in the election, it was probably the key uh, critical factor. Um, And because of that, Netanyahu did so well, even though, as we've just talked about, it will be very difficult for him to form a a governing coalition. Uh, The timing was uh, almost perfect for the prime minister, Um, Just in the days before the election took place, uh, the Israeli economy began to get back to normal, shops were reopened, sporting events were reopened, museums were reopened, people started going to the beach and holidaying again. It was perfect timing for the Prime Minister. And he said during the campaign that it was his intervention that got the vaccines to Israel in record speed, and it is because of him the country uh, is getting back to normal.
0: Now, all of this is happening, Mark, just as Netanyahu is about to go on trial for corruption. Can you just remind us, um, maybe give us a snapshot of the nature of the charges? I know there are three different cases and and, and they're quite complicated, but what kind of charges is he facing? And when is that trial due to begin? Bribery, um, fraud and breach of trust. Those are the three um,
1: um, issues involved in this trial. It's already started technically in the sense that Netanyahu has appeared in court to uh, claim his innocence, but the trial really gets underway on April the 5th in in 10 days' time, 11 days' time, when the witnesses will be called um, to the court. Um, If you believe the opposition in Israel, um, the political chaos we are in the midst of at the moment is all about this trial. They believe that Netanyahu wants to... um, form a government of uh, his close supporters in order to uh, stop this trial. That could be done a number of ways. It could be that the Knesset parliament would pass an immunity bill, meaning he wouldn't have to stand trial. It could be by replacing the attorney general with someone more favorable to Netanyahu, who would say, OK, I'm new in this position. I need to review uh, the details of this trial. And in uh, in the meanwhile, uh, I'm suspending the proceedings. Um, or it could be Knesset legislation saying that a sitting prime minister does not have to face trial. All these are possibilities. Uh, Netanyahu denies this. He says um, the trial will pursue, will continue. But the opposition believe that... Um, Uh, He can't be trusted on his word and his real aim, and that's why we've had so much political chaos, is because Netanyahu has failed uh, to form governments to his liking and therefore has failed to stop the trial. He wants a government that can stop the trial if you believe the opposition.
0: So we're looking at the prospect of a sitting prime minister being tried for corruption at the same time as he's trying to cobble together a coalition to keep him in power. I mean, it seems an incredible scenario. It does. The mind boggles. Uh, Theoretically, he
1: he could be called to appear in court three times a week. Um, And remember, uh, not only are we in the middle of this uh, terrible health and economic crisis, but Israel has very pressing security needs, I'm sure you are aware, uh, that involve the prime minister's direct intervention uh, on an almost daily basis. It seems very difficult to imagine a prime minister who has to appear in court three times a week, running a country like Israel. Uh, there will be uh, appeals to the high court uh, that uh, it's, it, it, this, is, this is not tenable, that the prime minister must step down for the duration of the trial um, if we
0: get to that stage. He will fight that, of course. It remains to be seen uh, how this will play out. I think it's fair to say, Mark, that Netanyahu is a very divisive figure on the international stage. Um. I got it from your reporting on Israeli politics and your comments even earlier in this in our discussion just now. It's no different in Israel.
1: Um, he, that's true. He's a very decisive, uh, a very sorry. <laughs> he is decisive as well, but he's also a very divisive figure in Israel as well. This whole election and the last three elections have all all been about uh, for or against Netanyahu. Uh, the opposition is desperate to replace him. They're finding it very difficult. Uh Netanyahu uh, has no intention whatsoever of stepping down. He has made Israel a much more divided country. His line of arguing is that the uh, the opposition left cannot topple him uh, in the democratic process, so they are employing the judiciary and the media who he accuses of uh, being bastions of the left wing establishment, all forming together in this witch trial. Uh, this witch hunt to bring him down, to topple him from power. And his base, uh, uh, which is very solid uh, and very supportive, basically buy into that.
0: He has been in power now for more than a decade. Uh, How long do you think he can go on?
1: He can go on, I think, for many, many years. Israel has no uh, limitation on how long uh, a single person can continue as prime minister. Uh, So if it's up to him, uh, he's going to be around for a long time. Um, And that's why there is a chance now, from the opposition's perspective, uh, to end his rule. And that's why, as I said earlier, uh, that is uh, propelling them to make very significant ideological uh, sacrifices in order to come up with a candidate that might unite, uh, that can unite around uh, to replace him as prime minister.
0: Mark in Jerusalem, thank you. Well, that's all for this week. For more on this and other stories, go to irishtimes.com. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now.